Right. It's true. It so, is true. It's uh yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. <laughs> but you don't care because you're all about them skates and John Hillier, so you don't you don't give a shit what Razor's do, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's unfortunate. But again, there's opportunities that people can take or leave, you know, they can they can walk away from that. Like I'm not justifying any of the things that have happened, but you, you there's there's that story in every industry yeah. where there's the companies that don't treat their employees fairly or whatever um and you know people are free to leave and do something else in most cases obviously there's yeah. certain cases where people don't have those options and that's really sad that's yeah. horrible but for the most part you know companies are really fucking themselves because it's hard to find people in most in most uh places it's hard to find good employees so if you're not treating your employees well then your employees are going to go next door and and work where it's better conditions and where they're treated better that's just kind of the way in most situations obviously that yeah yeah um so obviously like you're big advocates for like them skates and stuff like that and i know that you're a big fan of leon and like what he's doing with wizard what other what other brands or movements within skating are you guys like oh yeah this gets me excited or i want to support that or i want to see that succeed and do well and grow like what other what other things do you see as as positive influences in the sport yeah i think we both really like the wish frames okay that's a really nice product. Um, I actually really liked the flat frames, Anthony Potier's Anthony Potier, uh, yeah. frame. Surprising, like I, I found them surprisingly amazing for, for grinds. I really enjoyed them. Obviously, they're fast and, um, yeah. So I really like those. I haven't skated them this year yet, but they're an amazing park frame great product okay um what else do i like um yeah obviously wizard frames um you're like damn i'm drawing a blank here you've ruined me a little bit i hate it a little bit i know there's companies that excite me Obviously, I, I love the Mesmer video. Um, I loved, yeah. uh, I love the team. I love all the, the branding that they're doing. I've watched the video probably like, no exaggeration, probably a hundred times. Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely, I mean, at least in double figures, I've definitely watched it at least, I'm going to say at least 20 or 30 times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put it on when I work out it just gets me fired up I like I that it. you're like yeah let's go guys let's do this yeah <laughs> i'm there yeah. with you i'm in i'm on the streets yeah. i'm in i'm in barcelona let's go <laughs> yeah i love uh i love leon humphreys like all the skating that he does i loved devotion it was like a couple years ago i still watch devotion that's an amazing part yeah it was one of those like career defining oh my god uh career it's defining incredible. sections the John, way it was put together and everything. Yeah. Was John incredible. managed to do that like with like three different skaters that year. Like he did that one. He did vanilla with Alex, which was one of 
one of Alex's best sections, and then he made James Bower's section Sweet Shin Music, and that was like the best section James has ever made. And I'm like, how are you doing these all at the same time? Like, wow, <laughs> you're just bringing, yeah, like getting the best out of each of these people. So yeah, yeah, Alex, Alex, who? Uh, Burston. Oh, Burston. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think and what was, like, was that one called? Uh, vanilla. Vanilla. Yeah. Okay. Have to check that out. I think it was like I the may first... have seen it. I probably have seen it, but um, especially some of these the... edits. There's so much that comes out. Yeah, I think he you had like, things. I think he had sciatica around that time, or got it just after, or something as well. Like he had something going. Now he was just battling through these things. I'm pretty sure he broke his Jeez. ribs during. There's there's one thing where I'm sure he broke his, and then just kept going. And I'm like, oh, oh like God, yeah, like <laughs> you're like, okay, okay, cool. Um, incredible. But yeah, I, I know you, when people release stuff like that, like like you mentioned, like Leon's devotion, you're like, this is this is one. This is like people are gonna remember this for years. Like that's one of yeah. your like it's, it's like a thing that you can leave behind, and people will be like, oh, that's an example of his skating. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, incredible. I love everything the the basement does. Shawning Colin, huge fan. Huge grom for Sean and Colin. Even even the traffic cone thing. Even which the <laughs> dunce. <laughs> <laughs> although although I, that would probably appeal to you guys because you guys love you guys love a gimmick. So I'm, I'm sure you'd be like, yeah, I'm 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 into that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, I don't, that one didn't stick with me as much. I found it a little bit overwhelming, but I still go back to it just to kind of try to figure out some of the stuff they're doing. Right. Um, but I really liked Spacement. That was one of my favorite pieces. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, Spacement had a lot of emotional impact. That was good. It was really, Colin was literally one of my favorite skaters for at least, I'm going to say five or six years, especially like in his Deshi phase or Deshi, like bleeding into USD phase. And then when he kind of stepped back, it was like Colin got really good. And then when we, uh, Sean got really good or like, yeah better if you know what i mean like he just got like cleaner or something and then when colin came back i was like oh my god now they're skating together i'm finding this kind of tough to choose which one i like more i was like it's kind of like they've evened out whereas before it always felt like colin was like the superstar of the two of them and then it's kind of gone back and forth you're right it, yeah. it just felt like something changed but now it seems like colin's leveling up again and you're like oh no colin's definitely my favorite again colin <laughs> now, now that he started getting really weird again with like all the all the expressive movements i'm like no you're back to being my number one you've you've done it okay cool. yeah i think they complement each other really well like i told sean years ago that they could just be making videos with the two of them and it, they'd be sick like they don't need anybody else they don't so, need... so it's your fault because they, it's they, my fault they did yeah. They basically did start doing that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Because I talked to him after Casey Mo. I talked to Sean. I think yeah, after Casey Mo. Yeah, that, that was when he got Sean drunk and got him to reveal really personal things about himself. Yes, I remember yeah, this. It was a good interview. <laughs> uh one of my favorites. But uh yeah. I said, like, you don't need I mean, Broscow can do his own thing. Yeah, we, we love Broscow, but you don't need Broscow to make videos. You don't need anybody. You got yeah. Sean and Colin. It can just are, be you guys. Yeah, they are two exceptional skiers. That is without question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
they've got to have an unbelievable amount of MBDs between them. Like just oh the, God, yeah. the stuff that I've seen them doing, I'm like, I've never seen, or the stuff they've done. I'm like, I've never seen anyone do that since. Like, it's not yeah. even like you opened the floodgates. Now other people are going to use that. No, I've no. just never seen other people do those tricks. It's true. It's incredible. Um, incredible. That does raise a good thing point though like what so there's there's certain interviews that you've done that will just never leave me like I, I mentioned I think it must have been Joey I mentioned it to like when you did the Julian Ba interview and you, you started joking that you wanted to like so he was he talked about the incident with Coco and then you said yeah. that you, if you started a skate team you would only sponsor people that had like had been involved with like domestic violence basically or like had did like and I was like oh my god this is see that's why that's why you shouldn't drink heavily and do podcasts <laughs> so, so you're you're blaming alcohol on that I am blaming alcohol because your and, wife walked you know, in in the judgment. middle of that conversation and you're basically saying that you would actively encourage sponsored skaters to like beat up their girlfriends and then your girlfriend's in the back of the room like what are you talking about and I was like this is taking this yeah, is I've taking, made a lot of it Parody or, yeah, yes. or irony to quite an extreme place. Okay. I think, yeah, I've, I'm open-minded to a fault. And I think a lot of those early podcasts are, uh, are a reflection of my open-minded slash stupid stupidity. Um, and being really intoxicated as well. doesn't help. Okay. Uh, I, I I feel like that did help. I feel like that's what made it what it was because I do think if someone heard that that conversation out of context, they'd be like, "Wow, these guys are a pair of assholes." But like, I, I got a lot of beef. For like understanding that your sense of humor and how dry you can be, I was like, "Oh no!" Like he's clearly he's clearly just absolutely messing with Julian here. But yeah, I think yeah, I, I can understand how people would definitely go the other way on it. I like to say things really seriously that are. I'm just fucking around, but I say it like with a straight face. Yeah. That's really fun, but it gets me into trouble. It really gets me into trouble because people don't always understand it. Um, have there been other instances of that where people have just like, I don't know, tried to hang you out to dry or been like, no, let's, let's get the pitchforks out. Let's, let's cancel these guys. Like they've gone too far. <laughs> I think the Julian Ball one was the worst. I think that was the worst. I mean, yeah. that, that's an incredibly sensitive topic to start cracking jokes about. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, it was like 12 years ago. It was a different time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People aren't quite as uh, uptight as they are now. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely not my best uh, moment. I just the, the timing of your partner walking into the room when you're having that discussion. I was like, this is, it's like, you can't write this. This, yeah. <laughs> um, who who else have been like your like favorite people that you've had on the podcast? People that have I don't know like genuinely surprised you. Not like not like people you were like oh god I'm like I imagine you guys were desperate to get Arlo on and when you did you were like this is great we've got Arlo yeah that one was great. But I mean as in people that you've had on and been like holy crap they were so much more than what I even thought they would be like if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think everybody kind of surprised me, especially, you know, people that I was just really into their skating. I didn't expect them to be as like articulate and interesting as they, as they were, you know, especially those early podcasts, like when podcasts were a really novel thing, it was very rare. 
if ever to to listen to like a pro skater just talk for hours you know yeah that was a new thing so it was like every everyone i had like chris far chris haffey uh obviously one of the greatest skaters ever for him to come on and just be so you know interesting and cool that was a surprise and it was really awesome um Colin, you know, getting Colin on the pot, Colin Kelso. Um, these people that you just love their skating, but then yeah. you find out that they're just an interesting person. It makes you love their skating even more. I used to always say like before podcasts, I would really enjoy my friends sections uh, more. Not, I, I don't mean friend sections. I hate yeah, I know you like, as in, like, as in people, people you have a personal connection with. Yeah. Yeah, I would enjoy watching their skating more because I like knew something about them. I knew their story and I, I kind of knew, you know, their personality and it made me appreciate their skating more. Yeah. Cuz I could kind of could kind of see their personality in their skating. And so it's amazing now to lis- listen to these conversations and learn things about these people. It makes you appreciate their skating more. Yeah, I I do know what you mean. Like I've interviewed Julian before, and I always liked. I always thought he was an, a really great skater, but I didn't like the image that he projected of himself. Right. And I was like, the whole point of the interview was to try and get underneath that and see if he was something more right. or better. And I just I was blown away by how like just how quick he was to make fun of himself. I always thought yeah. he kind of took himself like very seriously, or like especially and that's during- what. The ra- a lot of edits either. kind of look like that. A lot of edits yeah. are made to make a person look cool, or and just it's almost a- detrimental to yeah. your your appreciation of them because it's almost annoying. It's like I know yeah. you're not this really super cool guy all the time. Like it's just, it's it's false. It's not real. Yeah, and there's no there's no way to record like a two hour conversation without being real. It's very difficult. There's yeah. only a handful of people that have pulled that off. <laughs> yeah, the bravado I always found really, yeah, unappealing. But then when he actually started, I was like, you're a total joker. And even when I right. brought up subjects that I thought he would take offense to, he just joined in. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he could he could appreciate like the ridiculousness of it all. But it does remind me of when you interviewed Danny, because I was, I, I was kind of, wouldn't say disappointed. I was really like surprised by how what his like real personality is, as opposed to the, the projection that he puts across in videos, because he makes himself seem like this ridiculous character that's larger than life and really loud and just really silly. But then when you had him on the podcast, he was like timid. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you're not that guy. I was like, you look really quite shy and nervous. And I was like, and you guys are obviously friends. Like you've skated together. You've known each other for years. So it's not like you're a stranger to him. Yeah. But the way he, I was like, there's none of that. I think, I think that interview, uh, I think it, you got the shy version of Danny in okay. that interview. And it may have been because I was wearing a suit. Maybe that intimidated him. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I also know that like he struggled to find like a, a place to record that. And maybe he was a little bit like 
he was at his like <clears throat> at his girlfriend's house right new girlfriend he maybe he was, it felt a little bit awkward that that's the thing is that people have kind of multiple personalities you can catch yeah. someone at a certain time where they're a little bit shy and then you can catch them again they're super outgoing and and relaxed like if you went out for a skate session with Danny and he was like really loose you would probably see a different side of him where he is that really crazy outspoken silly you know loudmouth type of guy um so and i i think i have actually recorded i've actually recorded a few podcasts with Danny um where you might get a different side so you're saying, right. So you're saying the most recent one has just caught a very, caught a very understated version of him. I think, I, yeah, I think that interview, and also probably all the attention that he was getting with like the pro skate, you know, maybe added to that where he felt some pressure um, to, I don't know, live up to to that. I think that's something people don't talk about. Like it's exciting to get a pro skate, but there's also a lot of pressure that comes along with it to like prove that you are worthy of of having yep. your name on a skate and i think that fucks with a lot of people where they they really feel that pressure definitely especially yeah. and yeah i i don't want this to sound like it's in any way like negative towards them because that's is not how i mean it if that comes across but danny's always one of these people that I'm sure even Danny himself probably thought, I'm not getting a pro skate. I am not, I am not the guy that gets a pro skate. That's just not what happens. Like he's been sponsored by people. He's he was sponsored by Adapt and he was sponsored by Seba and yeah. stuff like that. But he was yeah, he's of that group that's always been considered like, you know, niche within niche. So it's like right. like, you know, you regularly have people questioning his ability, even though he's clearly got a lot of athletic prowess and the stuff he does, even when it's weird, you know that it's hard it might be weird but it's weird and hard to do yeah and then you'll throw in like a fast slide at the end just being like i can do your generic standards i can do what i can do what you like expect of an aggressive skater whenever yeah. i like right. i just don't want to do it all the time like i can do the full right. cab kind switching natural I, that's not a problem for me but it doesn't excite me and i think he probably just didn't think he was ever going to get a pro skate and then them skates came along he gets on the team, then he gets a skate. I imagine he must have been like, how how, how did I go from being the weirdo outsider to now being the guy having a pro skate on the most hyped brand and blading at the moment? Yeah. Like he, that's, that that's got a, to be a lot to unpack. Definitely. Definitely a lot to deal with. Um, and it was extremely exciting for me that he got a pro skate. I think it was like a big statement in skating that he was kind of like the man of the hour and he the way he skates like he is ridiculous he is like experimental and like creative and weird i was so fucking stoked that he was the guy you know that said a lot like julio julio yeah like i think that's why me and joey are so like we love them so much it's a part of the reason is because like julio chose those people and it was like wow that says a lot and that's really cool um because that was a risk he definitely took a risk with 
with putting beer on a skate. Yeah. And I think that's so important in skating to have people that are willing to take those risks, willing to like sponsor those oddball characters. Um, I think the risk paid off. It was brilliant, Definitely. but it was and something that the promo like, a was... lot of people wouldn't have done. Yeah. The promo, promo got a so lot of sick. views as well. Yeah. And... yeah. and it's something that would really appeal to everybody. Yeah. Like even if, you know, even if you're not interested in doing the activity, if you watch that Danny beer section, you're going to be like, holy, holy shit, this guy's crazy. Like this, this is weird. You're going to yeah. have a reaction to it for sure. So it's smart. It's just so smart to like, it's good marketing, right? It's memorable. It's uh, as opposed to just having the guy who's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah very smart. I, I, I just find it hilarious that people still question his ability and like you see the comments being like this guy like someone like this would never have even deserved a pro skate like 20 years ago like did it like he's not Aragon and I'm like like why do you keep looking at things through that lens like that's yeah it, it just is so for having a, a sport that's meant to be so alternative and free thinking and just like anti-establishment there's certain people there's certain views that people project that I'm like you may as well be talking about football. Right. You were like, well, he didn't score enough goals. Yeah. Not, like, he didn't win the game. Yeah. So, and then it's definitely, yeah, that's or, the mentality, but there'll like, always be those people. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not like if you have like an ounce of common sense, you can search his name and find stuff that he's done. Like he's done like 50 foot gaps. Like I've seen him gap off right. a stair set and clear the stair set by like a further 30 feet. <laughs> yeah most skaters can't do that like that right. <laughs> like or yeah just i'm like there's evidence that he is a technically good traditional traditional aggressive it's all there just look for it yeah yeah just just because he like slips it in to con like confuse people like you yeah and again it's that it's that like you can do weird stuff but you have to prove to me that you are able to yeah to do the conventional moves or even it's very weird it's it and if you really break down that argument that that a, a person like this on skates is bad marketing like that is just the the dumbest thing that you could ever say you obviously don't understand what marketing is or yeah. like what what having a team the purpose of having a team like the purpose of having a team is not just to have the technically best people it's about marketing your product yeah and yeah you, you need it's you a very simplistic view points. to just yeah. be like the the best skaters are gonna sell the most product it's just not true it's just not true yeah like that's one app that's one variable there's so many variables these are people what does what do they look like what do they sound like when they talk what are what is you know how do like there's so many variables yeah beyond will, who's the best it's also like the release of the mario skate as well i think it's really interesting because it's like um that that pushes the envelope even further of like going against industry norms because that's a guy that's only got a handful of sections out he's only really been known to the wider blading community for like you know a few years not long at all right right and he's still considered like you know young in blading terms 
But now he's got this skate, and I, I think it's commendable because John Hill was like, well, we need to push against industry norms because otherwise, you know, things do just get stagnant. They don't, you exactly. know. But then I also kind of wonder about it from Marius's point of view because he'd be like, this is amazing. I've got a pro skate. I've got, you know, this check or whatever. But then, like you said, there's the pressure that comes along with it, and he couldn't film a promo because it was the dead of winter, and he just didn't yeah, have time. So now the skate's been out for a significant amount of time. I imagine he's probably going to do a promo for it, possibly. But it's like, now you've got this thing looming over you. You're like, the skate's been out for a long time, like a long time in blading terms with nothing to kind of, you know, like, I don't want to say back it up, but people are like, where's the promo? Where's the skate pro? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like every time a skate's announced, they're expectation. like- Yes, because it's become the industry norm for a skate to come with a promotional video. Right. People expect that. Yeah. When that's not even been a thing for that, like in the 90s, that was not a thing. Like pro skates just came and that was it. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, it will be interesting to see like when, if and when he does bring out a promo and, you know, what the like is he like this is torture i hate doing there's so much pressure on this or whether he's like right. now it's time to like now it's time to really show people like why i got this so i mean um and you that's an interesting thing is like the the, the pressure that people can feel when they get these these opportunities and that's just the reality of it is like every opportunity comes with pressure and it can it can break certain people like we've seen people kind of get broken by it where they just can't handle it and they just throw it all away and they just want to like skate for fun because they can't handle what goes on in their head based on this opportunity but that's the thing that they need to remember is that it's just in their head you don't need to prove anything there's no there's no rollerblading court where where people are going to decide, was he worthy of <laughs> this professional product? And there's a jury of role bettors. That actually does not happen. N- nobody decides, was he worthy? That's This is like an imaginary thing, you know, that people, that a skater might obsess over, like, oh, does the role betting world feel like I deserved this? And you're just wasting energy imagining this scenario that will never happen. If Marius doesn't release a pro skate, then, I mean, if he doesn't release an edit, yeah, then he doesn't release an edit. And it's not the end of the world. The skate will still sell. He'll still get his check. And when he wants to create something that's dope, he will. And he's created edits that are dope and have um, given him this opportunity, you know. If, oh, de- like if I was definitely. His, listen, I, I also do role-betting counseling sessions. If, if there's any skaters out there that are struggling with their mental health or they uh, feel inadequate or they have, um, what is the imposter syndrome, if you feel like undeserving of your pro product, you have performance no anxiety and you just you can't performance you can't anxiety yeah, yeah skating's not fun anymore just come to me i only charge 10 percent of your skate royalties and uh i'll guide you through it 
Okay. <laughs> but really you have to remember what you, the key thing to remember in all of this is that rollerblading is not, it's, it's kind of a joke. It's not serious. It's not serious. It, you're putting I, I wheels on you. You're a grown man. You're a grown man. And you're putting wheels under your feet. So don't be too serious about it. Joey's already discussed this. You, you're taking things more seriously now. You, I know. You take, you take blading <laughs> very seriously. That's I the, do. Right. At the okay. same time, um, you can, and it's a contradiction. There's, like I said, there's different parts of people, right? It's different personalities, different situations bring out different things. I do actually take skating too seriously. I need to not take it so seriously. It is, uh, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm very aware of, like, just how yeah ridiculous and weird it is it's like we're we're growing men who should know better doing this to ourselves knowing that it's having a detrimental effect on our physical like like i'm, I'm definitely going to have arthritis in like certain joints because of this right. activity it's un like it's inevitable and yet like will fiercely defend it and obsessively like educate myself on it or like study it because i just can't like I can't see a reality where I don't, but at the same time, yes, I'm also like, it's, 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 a, it's a stupid activity. We've, we've involved yeah. ourselves in a stupid activity that's detrimental to our health. <laughs> um, it's very, it's very uh, positive for mental health. That's for sure. Sometimes like a good skate session does wonders for your for your state of mind for, for your your mental well-being but but oh, you're going to yeah, have the back time. of an 80 year old at 40 yeah so maybe I, I i don't know how old are you i'm 38 and yeah i, I get 38 serious lower back pain really <laughs> but then i did also go through that stupid phase of skating drop rails and jumping off roofs so i probably only get yeah. myself to blame yeah That'll also you're, you're a fan of a gap you used to love a big gap yeah I, I used to really love gaps. Like that was I've, my favorite thing to do. I've seen the footage of you sending it just off ridiculous stair sets. Yeah. I love doing that. I still, I still like doing gaps on a smaller scale and when it makes sense ergonomically, yeah. like I don't want to just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's like a big jump into like a nice bank, sure. Yeah. I'm all up for it. It's the impact that I avoid and try to avoid. Yeah. But that feeling, that feeling of just like skating is okay. I'm going to skate as fast as I can and I'm going to jump as high as I can. And I'm going to hope to God that I clear it. And then I'm going to hope to God that I land on my feet. That whole process is just so exciting to me. And, uh, I got to a point where I was just really confident with it. It was fun. Really fun. It's like, this is, this is in, this is within the realms of my, they're like, I can, I feel comfortable. Yeah. You're like, it, it, I don't want to say safe, but it's just like, it's for, I think of it as like, like handrail skating. Like I'll be like, I can, I know I will always be able to rile this ha a handrail. Like if you put a handrail, I know I'll be able to do it. So I'm not scared yeah. of it because I know I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to die. And I think you right. get like gap skaters that are like that. They're like, I know I can take the impact. Like Bobby Spazov is one of those. He's like, I know I can go as fast as I want off a stair set. He's like, because I know 
I'm going to be okay. Like nine right. times out of 10, I'm going to land it. I'm going to be all yeah. right. Whereas I'm like, that's how I feel like with rails. I'm like, I know if I'll do a unity or a Royale and I'm, I'm not, you know, I might not get to the end or I might not get down it, but I'm, I know how to save myself. Right. But it's interesting that with like gap skaters, they're like, oh, it's only a 12, it's a 12 set. This is nothing. And I'm like, yeah, that's 12, 12 seems like a lot to me, but okay. <laughs> they're like, I'm just going to go for the five straight away. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. It's funny how it's, different things are like uh, scary to you. It depends on what, like um, we were, we never had a lot of rails. So we never really learned to like miss tricks on rails. Yeah. And that's an art into itself is like learning how to, how to miss and not kill yourself. Yeah. Like you grab the rail, you land a certain way on the stairs so that you don't twist your ankle, like whatever. And like, I know, I know skaters from other places like Vancouver, we would travel to and Alberta, they had a lot of rails and they were really good rail skaters. But like what they were actually really good at was missing. They could just try something, miss. Whereas we would either hit our trick, lace it, or eat shit. It was yeah. the two options. There was no middle zone. We never found the middle zone. And that's like what makes a great rail skater is that middle zone. Yeah, it's that it, it doesn't have to go right for you to be okay. Like yeah. it can you can get it wrong and still be unscathed. That's yeah, yeah. you have that skill to miss but not kill yourself yeah that's key for rail skating that we never acquired <laughs> it's all or nothing it's one or zero it's a binary i think there's system. just yeah i think everyone just finds their own little like niche things in skating that they they find comfortable and 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 safe and like familiar but to other people it's the weirdest thing like i'll do i will literally back savannah anything and all my friends like that how is that how's that like that's not a that's not a, that's not a trick that should be standard but then they'll <laughs> like someone will literally do just like a sunny day like yeah. i like if i do a sunny day and i miss it i am my going like chest first into the ground whereas some people just have it as a safety trick and do it on everything like rail right. ledge cope i can do it on like a mini ramp and die yeah like, yeah i'm like how do i manage to hit my shins and my chest at the same time i'm like i don't under and you see people just do them and they're like, it's a cross leg thing though. And you do like, you love cross leg tricks. And I'm like, but it, they're crossed in a weird way that just my body doesn't like. And I always lean right. too far forward. But then, or you get people like that just- Your brain figures out certain certain movements just make sense. Yeah. I feel like, like that with topsoles. Like I can topsole, but it's almost like, I feel like I'm doing a, a stunt when I go <laughs> for a topsole on a ledge. I'm like- it takes a lot of courage for me. It's not just like a simple trick. Whereas so many people, they just got topsoles. It's like nothing. Yeah. I wish, I wish I had topsoles. I think they're the dopest looking trick. I and love it when I do them, but it, it takes a lot for me to yeah. <laughs> muster the courage. And that's why I find really interesting because that's how, you, that's why I think it's so impossible to gauge whether someone like, you can't say, oh, that's the best skater or that's because certain right. skaters find things really easy. Yeah. Like one skater will just like John Julio will literally just fish brain anything. Right. And be, and he can do it on both feet and he just looks like the most natural thing in the world. Whereas you can get another Jeez. skater who's truly incredible and can do like, I don't know, 900s and flat spins or whatever, but they can't fish brain for shit. 
Right. <laughs> they, they, they literally, you don't ever see them do it because they're just yeah. not good at them. And it's just yeah. quite... Inter- but then how do you balance those two people up against each other? Because if they play the right. game skate... Like, so it's... Yeah, it's... it's I, find, I find, like, you know, the whole, like, who's the, who's the best skater? Who's And it's like, oh, it's obviously Brian Aragon or it's obviously Chris <laughs> Affian. And I'm like, it's not obviously either of, either of them. That, like... No. It's a it's a completely absurd argument. I mean, if there was a, a game that we were playing, then you could pit pit them both together and see who wins. Then then you know who's the best. But there's no game. There's no clear goal in yep. skating. It doesn't exist. So there will never be somebody who is the best. You might be a, your favorite. You might be like someone who you really enjoy watching, and you'll choose one over the other. But that's just your opinion. There's no role-playing court where they. Dis- that's why we needed this role-playing court so we can figure this out, and then yep. the jury can the figure judging out metric. Yeah, who is actually the best, and we can break down. Actually, that would be a good video where you really decided who's the best, and you provided evidence, and you provided case studies documents that, that irrefutable video, evidence yeah, that, that <laughs> video would only be yeah <laughs> it wouldn't only need to be hours long it would need to be years long to in order yeah. to encapsulate because an, another There's thing a lot that, of people to yeah but another thing that potential i've always thought no one ever considers is you keep forgetting about the era they were in so right. like so you can say, oh, this person's so much better than that person. I'm like, yes, but this person did those tricks when no one else did those tricks. You have to This person that. in this era, it was already yeah. all laid out for them. They just had to learn right. everything. This person like created them. Or right. like, like I remember Fast Shoes is a perfect example. Um, yeah. B Love does a line in it where he does like, I think it's like a soil tally tops or something. And there's, there's tricks that he does in it where I'm like, by today's standards, that is a good line. That is a solid line. And he did yeah. that in the mid nineties when it probably just wasn't being done by anyone else. And you're yeah, like, you have to consider that. Or like they were doing it on skates that weren't optimal for the activity. Like they were doing it on right. things that didn't have a flat sole plate or didn't have like, you know, had like they had stupid little like bits of plastic lumped onto them to actually make the sole plate even remotely manageable or like frames that just weren't ideal for flat but they right. were still skating flat <laughs> and, and and i'm like now we've got the best technology we've ever had we know all the tricks because we create the yeah, you know, years of history previous... you can watch people do so it how are you going to say that this generation skate like brian aragon is so much better than i don't know like arlo or someone that like comes because i'm like well but if it wasn't for them you wouldn't have them so yeah it's yeah it's an interesting one it's a silly a silly argument we need to to, you get to define whatever your goal is in skating well no we need to get feinberg and we need to get aragon and we need to get halfie we need to put them all in trs lightning with 60 millimeter wheels and they have to be able to do the same grinds without h blocks and without proper sole plates and we need like pills that erase their memory. Yeah. So that they're not allowed to like draw influence from anybody. Then we'll see who's the best. This is the only logical conclusion. Lobotomy. They all yeah. get a lobotomy and a pair of TRS. And then we put them in like a little biodome. This is a great show. 
and then we it's like a, a it's like a, it has a skate park and it has a kitchen and beds yeah and yeah. then we just watch their progression this would be fascinating yeah it would be really interesting like in the future like if you could if there's technology that allows you to create simulations like life simulations like you know how people think that this is a simulation that we're living in yeah if you could create your own simulations with whatever variables you want so like you could create a world where you have like aragon halfy and uh aragon but they have lobotomies <laughs> and they have a pair of tarmacs and they're living in this biodome like you could create that and then watch it play out be like interesting science experiments yep definitely um <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd, I'd get on board with that um <laughs> how how excited were you to see uh pictures resurface of ollie short with mesmers hanging about with don bruce in london have you seen these photos i don't think i have are they, um, these are new i think don bruce is staying in london at the moment i think he's filming a Ooh. section and he gifted ollie a pair of mesmers i think there's no there's way. a picture of ollie holding like a the box and i'm pretty sure they were That's out skating insane. this weekend no way that is very exciting this picture no, of i very haven't seen any images or mature looking. evidence of this but yeah. i'm a huge ollie short fan well huge. that was what i wanted to bring up because ollie yeah. ollie appeared in i want to say it was better than no cirque du soleil Better than baseball, yeah. Better than baseball, right. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So you were street skating with Ollie Shore. Where? Yes, we were. Yeah, we were at we were in Amsterdam. Okay, right. Yeah, because um, I was like, actually, what is the context for this? But now it makes sense because right, you guys were doing your story. European like travels thing. And you, we talked about these moments, you know, where these kind of mind blowing moments, and one of them was me and Joey were in Amsterdam. And at that time, there was an IMYTA going on. Yeah, I think I was Amsterdam. that. So, was that the one that Jara Mystery won? Was it that one? The one where he gapped over the one. rail at the end? Yeah. He went to that like that. terrifying kink rail that everyone was just dying on because it was too fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was there. And that, that clip is actually in Better Than Baseball, that massive yeah. gap that you just, yeah. Um, sorry, who was his name? I think his name was Jara Mystery. I remember he was on um, he was on Roses because I remember being like, wow, because hardly anyone skated Roses at that time. And yeah, and he just and I'd never heard of him, and he just absolutely like killed all these skaters. Like just yeah, it was yeah, that clip is just insane. Because Al Hui uh, was trying to grind the square rail, the square drop rail, and I think yeah, well, it was intense. really that close a, on, a, on a few attempts. It was a scary contest that we watched from a distance kind of in shock yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah we it was like the day before the comp and there was just like a a session going on that joey and i like we walked over to this session um and there was a, a huge group of people just skating ledges uh and ollie short was there and we just like kind of like kind of nervously walked towards this session and then ollie short like came up to us and was like whoa 
you got Todd and Joey and he knew our names. He's like, ah, I wanted to meet you guys. And he was all stoked to like meet us. Oh, and we're like, holy shit, Ollie Short. <laughs> like, you're like my favorite skater in the world. Like, this is crazy. And then, uh, so the footage from Better Than Baseball was actually during the IMYTA. Ollie Short was just like, me and Joey actually we kind of had no interest in the comp and we just started skating all these cool spots that they were like going to uh, with the IMYTA. And then Ollie Short just joined us and he was skating street with us in Amsterdam. It was so cool. So earlier when I was like, has there ever been a moment where you guys are like, oh, maybe we are making an impact on the sport. You literally just said your favorite skater at the time came up to you and went, oh, you're like Joey and Todd, the mushroom blading guys. How is that not one of those moments? See, the reason I said this moment never happened was because there has never been the moment, really. There's okay. been all these little moments. And that was one of them, for sure. That was right. very, very cool. Yeah, we were stoked and we hung out with Ollie Short and uh, Dun uh, Charles Dunkel was there. And we met Julio, actually. That was the first time I met John Julio in person was at this uh, uh, IMYTA event. We had some pretty amazing conversations with John Julio at, at the pub that night. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, no bringing back some awesome memories. Thank you. Yeah, this, was, was, this was cool. Very that cool. was the first time I'd met Julio as well. And it was... It, oh, were you there? It wasn't a positive experience, yeah. No. <laughs> um, it, it, it went kind of badly as far as, yeah. Um, yeah, I was... At, it was at the pre-session the day before where they were skating the chrome rails and like Lomax and uh, like uh, Bailey and stuff were skating the chrome drop rail thing. Was that that one? Was that that I know Lomax there? was there. Um, this session was at these ledges. The ledges yeah, are actually... Yeah, they had, they had ledges, but all the ledges led yeah. up to like a chrome chrome rails going down the stairs on either side and loads of people were skating them. And then there was another chrome rail off to okay. the side and Bailey did yeah. like front torque to back backslide down one of them or something. But Okay, I must have missed that part. We got there later. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that I, was I do remember do, but... Nick Lomax. We we like rode the train to the to the contest. I remember Nick Lomax was pretty young at the time, and he was sit, sitting on the train by himself, and he was just so stressed out. Like you could you could sense that he was like hungry, super anxious, because he was like going to like try to yeah. compete in this contest. And it was kind of funny. Me and Joy were just like, "Oh, this kid is really wanting to win this comp." <laughs> <laughs> Um, we just we wanted nothing to do with this with this comp right that was yeah because getting to that spot that was yeah how i had my first interaction with john julio and he was on the platform with a couple of the valo guys and i went yeah. up to him and it was like oh uh, like excuse me like john and try to be really polite and he turned around thinking that i think he thought that i wanted an autograph <laughs> but i just wanted directions <laughs> So I think like he turned around to be like, oh, like, yeah, like, hey, like, you know, what can I do for you? And I was like, oh, yeah, can you just show us how to get to like this spot? And he you could just tell by his face that that wasn't what he thought I was going to ask. <laughs> and he just looked a bit annoyed. And I just kind of walked off and was like, shit. And then the next time I met him, I was drunk and it was at Winter Clash just after Real Scene had started. And I started making fun of BMAG and one during an interview. But John was okay. sitting next to me for the interview. We were being interviewed together. And basically it got so awkward that BMAG didn't actually publish the video because they were just like, oh, wow. could, John was just sitting there just angry. And he even pulled me up afterwards being like, 
why why did you do that like <laughs> you just made fun of those mics and i'm sitting right next to you and i was like you didn't say those things <laughs> it's, it's all on me Shit, that's awkward <laughs> but yeah he wasn't he wasn't happy but that's i don't blame i was being drunk and annoying so i don't i don't blame him at all <laughs> i'm glad your experience was much more positive i i just managed to offend one of my favorite skaters of all time so it was great yeah yeah we actually we spent a couple weeks in scotland on that trip i saw we never we never made it to glasgow that's where you're from glasgow yeah yeah glasgow we were in edinburgh i know because i saw you skated the bristol square spot with all like the yeah. skateboarder ledges and the really really rough yeah ledges and you skated festival square as well with like the big um festival Round square thing. still there yeah, yeah. It's got, it had that like the big cool bank spot. outside the hotel and yeah yeah yeah, I, I, as soon as I saw that, because I'd only saw that video recently, and I instantly like messaged yeah. Joey, and I was like, I did not realize you guys were ever in Scotland. This is. <laughs> I was asking if he'd met up with anyone, or and he said he said you went to Ireland afterwards. Yeah. Or you yeah. met some Double. of the Irish guys, but he said you didn't really skate we did. with any anyone from Scotland. No, uh, we kind of just did our own thing. We were we camped out uh, in Scotland with Joey and his sister and. Uh, just skated, found our own stuff. We didn't meet anyone. We randomly met some dudes in Ireland. Like we uh, stumbled upon a little session in Dublin. It was cool. Because the ledge spot that you skated. The ledge spot, yeah, yeah. Is incredible. So but nice, norm yeah. normally it's kind of scary. It's not in like the best part of town. And like I've been there before and people have came out and been like, if you don't leave, we're going to kick the shit out of you. And we're like, oh, really? Understood understood yeah. you mean like business owners um there, i don't even mean? i just i just like locals just being like oh, no you're, you're you're just pissing people off just leave and we're oh like, really oh, we shall <laughs> <laughs> we had some fun interactions with some some drunks that were sitting at a pub nearby it was all friendly right yeah it was we, for... maybe we got lucky yeah it was only just the two of us well we did skate with the other group so yeah, maybe we got lucky, but that was a super fun ledge. Yeah. That's something that I like. There's not many nice street ledges in Kamloops. I've got a fetish with like nice street ledges. Okay. Like they're rare for me. They're like, I don't get to skate them much. I look back on that, like ledges like that one in Ireland, just a perfect approach and slides really good. And it's a, a good height. There's just something about it that's amazing no, yeah they are and they're not they're that. not typical for yeah like anyone who lives in scotland or ireland like scotland and ireland are quite kind of similar like structurally like there's always something wrong like the ground's terrible or you know the, the, the ledge goes straight into a wall or there's there's always a there's always like a just a thing that's preventing it from being good or skatable yeah. so yeah stuff like that you're like I'm sure even the Irish skaters probably stumbled upon it and like, oh my God, it's like California here. This is we've got yeah. we've got a California spot. <laughs> yeah. Um that was one thing I wanted to ask you about. I feel like you guys, even though you've become so popular in blading and everyone knows who you guys are now, I still feel like, like you don't like like a I'm trying to think of the term, like integrate yourselves into the actual like industry or like into like <laughs> the wider community. Like it feels like you did all that traveling and going to Europe and stuff, like I'm guessing straight out of uni or roundabout university time. 
but in recent years, like you don't ever see you guys at events. Whenever you film anything, it's always you know local or at least you know in Canada. Yeah. Like, like ha- have you made that a conscious effort, or is it just never appealed to you to like I don't know go to events or you know because if you would, you would no doubt run into a bunch of people who are like oh my god like your videos have had this influence on me or I've watched you guys for years or, or you'd end up having those conversations with like like-minded people. But it feels like you just, you guys haven't done that in recent years. Uh, yeah, we don't really make it out to a lot of stuff. I don't think that's purposeful. I think like we went to some barn burners back in the day in Seattle. Do you, do you remember that comp? Yeah. Barn burner. And it just was like a weird kind of, not the best experience uh and in what sense the atmosphere what didn't seem very friendly right i mean that was that was that was was right in that that era that was was right in that era toxic masculinity it was super bro yeah and it was like just yeah we just didn't feel stoked to be there we felt like outsiders kind of just wasn't a very positive experience so um we haven't really made a, a a big effort to make it out to blading contests but you, you just said you went to a couple so so you went to one had a negative experience and went i yeah. know i'll go back <laughs> yeah well it was like pretty close to to us that right. was one of the closer events uh so yeah we we went back um i think one year i went back i was like hurt i had like ACL surgery. So I wasn't even skating, but I brought again, these years where we would deliver DVDs. I brought better than baseball on a DVD and I, I gave it to Arlo. Right. I I, I went with two and I gave one to Brian Shima. Okay. And I gave one to Arlo. That was like the whole mission of the trip. I was like, I was going to go just to hand deliver DVDs (laughs) to two people. Um, so I did that and then I just like hung out. She must send you an email saying that he hated it and you guys should quit skating and he never wants to hear from you again. Right? No, actually when I, when I, Oh, just Justin, that was just Justin. That was just Justin. When I approached Shima, I actually met him in Vancouver. I approached him to meet him because I was a huge fan and to give him this DVD. And, uh, when I met him, he was stoked and he had already seen like Cirque du Soleil and stuff and he said he really enjoyed our videos which was another one of these crazy moments I was like nice. sweet well here's our new one enjoy yeah yeah that's wicked yeah Very cool yeah getting me. validation yeah. from like people you respect is yeah. yeah yeah unbelievable I don't yeah what you said about Barnburn I do think that was just typical of events of that era because I remember totally there was a time where like I started going to skate contests I used to like compete in them a little bit, but then I remember there was a time that I would start going to them. I was like, I actually just don't feel comfortable here anymore. It, this feels like a room full of like, the guys that I just didn't like in school. You know what I mean? Right. Like the guys that are like, would just pick fights for all the time or just like throw their weight around or beat. I was like, it just kind of feels like a room full of those individuals now. Whereas before it used to feel like a skate park full of just people Friends. like me. Yeah, I was yeah. like, now yeah. I don't see people like me here and it just really weirds me out. But I think that was just of that that time you're right it was just at that time and in our younger days we used to go to all the there was like a contest series in canada called canadian aggressive tour 
we went to like a whole bunch of those. It was the, the cat series. Yeah. So we would go to Vancouver. We went to Edmonton, Calgary. And that was how we met like a lot of the skaters around Canada. How we met Richie and Sean Unwin and all the guys from different provinces. Poor, so we used to be really into Dustin that. that you you like to torture from time to time and uh, take advantage of his clear lack of sense of humor. So <laughs> <laughs> he, he does not take kindly to your jokes at all, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Dustin. Which is you guys have made videos together though, right? Yeah, yeah. He filmed uh, Imagine Blade Sean. So you would think he would get your sense of humor by now, <laughs> but but he doesn't. <laughs> I think he gets it, but he doesn't like it. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I remember just finding that really funny when he took offense to your, yeah, your death to the like, fourth wheel, like jokes or whatever it was you guys made. Because I was like, I've interviewed Dustin before. And again, he was quite self-deprecating and pointed out his own flaws and told me about things that he'd be, how he'd screwed over like other skaters. And I was like, dude, you sound like a bit of an asshole when you say stuff like that. And he's like, you know, I'm not proud of it, but uh, it happened. And that's just, you know, you move on from it. But then when you made fun of him for, yeah, that, that promo that he made, he, yeah, he, he, he didn't join in the joke at all. No. He didn't appreciate it. Hey, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Dustin. I appreciate Dustin. Dustin's a unique human being. He's very, very creative. He's, very, a, he's a brilliant, skater, really good yeah. skater. Yeah, really good. Um, he's an interesting guy. Very interesting guy. Do Do you hear from much now that he lives in Canada again, or no? Or are you guys not like? No, he's on the other side of Canada. Right. But he recently posted a clip from Kamloops, and I I watched. It was like a he had a, like a drone, and he was doing like off road on this trail. It totally looked like Kamloops. And I like text, I commented, I'm like, this totally looks like Kamloops. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, I was uh, in Kamloops, filmed this. <laughs> so we, we didn't hear from him though. So he visited a town where he know you, knows you guys live. Like, are you are you, you guys not on good terms? I don't know. It, it happens a lot. People come to Kamloops and, and don't contact us. I don't know. I mean, sometimes sometimes you're just, you're, you're going through, you don't have time. I, I didn't take offense to it. Okay. I know I've gone places and I haven't contacted people. All right. Fair enough. But, you know, if, I mean, yeah, if it works, it works, but that's cool. So, like, given given the shift in, like, blading culture, and I do think it is a lot more open and accepting in, than it was in previous years and definitely a lot more enlightened, like what is it that stopped you guys from going to events in recent years things like i don't know blading cup or uh like what else would be accessible for you guys like uh, what year is it and things like that um actually the year that covid happened i was planning on going to blading cup okay and i was also going to go to boshi pope in new york yeah uh obviously it didn't work out um I mean, life is really busy. It's not easy for me to just like pick up and, and leave. Um, but also, uh, I just, I don't feel like it's totally uh, necessary for me. Like, I think a lot of the 
best things that we do or or just locally like around in Kamloops around Kamloops like going to a comp I think it would just be fun but I don't think it would be necessarily like really productive for us you could make incredible business contacts and take over blading yeah that's true that's true but 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 at a comp it's kind of overwhelming there's so many people that yeah. it can be hard to make really meaningful connections it seems like you make you have like a lot of scattered interactions that aren't that don't go as deep um yeah it's almost that's, that's, it's almost yeah, that's more productive to like sit down with someone for like a couple hours on a podcast and talk to them um you get a probably a deeper connection than you would at like a hectic skate comp i th- i just feel like like i would and and joey's just not really into traveling lately at all okay he just doesn't he just doesn't want to i'm opening up more to it and i i i actually want to start traveling a little bit right going to different places i would love to go to blading cup eventually uh i would love to start traveling a little bit more for skating yeah joey's just not into it joey's like this is my home i'm not leaving here this is it yeah there's no way outside of here nowhere exists outside of here yeah so it, it would be amazing if joey was into uh traveling again i almost feel like it would be more productive to like travel somewhere just us and like film or like maybe meet up with like one person or two people we're not really into like a big group again we take skating really seriously yeah so if we want if we're going to go somewhere it's not just going to be for fun okay we want to we want to produce yeah something has to come of it i i I feel like i feel like that now it's like i very rarely get to skate so when i do get to skate i want to go out and either document it or do something just so i've got something to like remember it by because yeah yeah, there were so many years we're just going to go on a trip and have fun and yeah. relax and like eat good food and ooh. gross no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're gonna enjoy ourselves what do you mean sit by the pool <laughs> what you're you're not bringing your camera <sighs> why are we even going like why why are we spending this money <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh i'm opening up to it but it, i do want it to be productive i'd like to document and business blade i I like business blading i like going somewhere with a goal and yeah yeah having a mission yeah like that yeah the the feeling of accomplishment when something's yeah finished um and i know it's really hard like it's a really rare and unique thing that you and joy have discovered each other and you've had such like a lasting friendship and being both so like have this like committed vision where you're like so in tune with each other but if you keep if you start going to blading cup you can finally break free and be a star in your own right and you'll no longer you'll no longer just be mushroom blading you'll be the todd work on my solo career and joey can just fade into the background and cam loops and just become insignificant and you'll become the (laughs) superstar that you were always meant to be yeah but see again that's that's what you want to avoid like i was saying you want to avoid that like it might please your ego in the moment, but you're ruining everything. <laughs> like, do, do you ever sit and think, oh my God, like how lucky are we to have found each other? Because I've, oh, yeah. like, I've gone through like maybe five different cycles of friends 
that have like skated and then just stopped. And I've still yeah. maintained friendships with them, but you need people to skate with. Otherwise, yeah, you stop as well. Like, right. And I've had those people too, like people that I've skated with that have faded away that aren't interested in skating anymore. So yeah, I don't take that for, for granted. We're really lucky to have like two psychos that are just obsessed with with skating and uh obviously like joey's a genius when it comes to editing and filming and ideas he's on like a very different level than i am um and like i contribute too on a very different level so our differences really work together it's it's a good synergy i, I think we both respect each other's differences like i love there's things that we disagree on, but I appreciate his perspective. Yeah. I appreciate like where he's coming from. Cause I know he's like a super smart guy. Um, but I know that he respects my opinion. I respect his, it's a good, a good deal. One person I'm curious about that appears in like the early videos, I can't remember his name, but he's got like jet black curly hair. And he seems yeah. like your like evil partner in crime. Like if you're doing something <laughs> dumb or dangerous, he's involved. He and you guys just always seem either drunk or you guys just seem like those two yeah. like obnoxious kids at the party that just piss everyone off. Who's is his name? Joel? <laughs> oh, there was Joel. Yeah. But I think you're talking about Mason. Yeah. And he's Joel... really good. He was really good at skating. But you guys seemed like you guys yeah. seemed even closer than you and Joey. For a while, we were really close because we lived together. Right. Me and Mason. We okay. lived together for a few years. And those were like the bro partying years. Right. Like he would frequently wake me up. Like I'd be sleeping and I would feel a joint being touched to my lips, <laughs> a lit joint. And the first waking moments of my day would be inhaling this joint that Mason would be putting to my mouth. Um, but those were really fun years, really like uh, fast living kind of years, a lot of yeah. booze, a lot of drugs. Uh, and uh, Mason was an incredible skater, like really, it was really, really good. good. Yeah. The, the footage yeah. showed that. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Um and yeah, for a while, you know, he was definitely, it was me, Joey and Mason, that was okay. kind of the core trio. Um, and when we did mushroom blading, like when we first started filming, cause I think it went better than baseball than mushroom blading one, if I remember correctly, yeah. maybe with some stuff in between, but those were the two, that was the. Those were the big video projects. And obviously Mason was really involved with better than baseball. But then when we started filming mushroom blading, he did not believe in the concept. Um, we tried to pitch it to him. Like Joey and I kind of talked about it. Like, yeah, we want to just, let's just do the weirdest tricks we can do. And let's, we're, we're going to call it mushroom blading. And me and Joey were really stoked on it, you know, and we tried to pitch it to Mason <laughs> and he didn't, he wasn't really into the idea. And we would still like, we, we would go out filming for sessions and we would call, we would invite him. Um, and he would like go skating in other places instead of like skating with us. So that was kind of the beginning of 
of our blade. And 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 Mason and I were no longer living together. This is when I lived in Vancouver. Joey lived in Vancouver, and Mason lived in Vancouver. But we all lived in different places. Um, so like I was still friends with Mason, but obviously not see, not living with him, not seeing him as much. And then inviting him to sessions that he didn't want to come to. <laughs> um, there were some inci incidents. He was pretty erratic. His behavior was pretty erratic. Okay. He's a wild, wild I mean, motherfucker. That, okay. That, uh, you you like, both me... seemed like you were quite wild. You 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 basically seemed we like were... you both just antagonized each other to just take it as far as possible. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It was both of us. But I think, I think I started to like mature a little bit. I started right. to calm down and he, and he never matured. He never calmed down. <laughs> okay. So yeah, there was, yeah. A lot of people kind of like didn't want him around as much. Cause he was just like, crazy he was see, that friend when you he say incidents friend. it sounds like such a pc term for like terrible things happened well like going out for dinner like with your with a group of people and him just like jumping out the window and like okay. not paying his bill like shit like that you know where it's just annoying <laughs> so it's like fuck dude <laughs> or like you know Oh yeah, I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need more examples because this, this sounds <laughs> heavily entertaining. He's just a wild dude. Like one time, he found he found a black widow when we lived together. He found a black widow on my bed. At least he claimed that he found a black widow on my bed, and we kept it. We put it in a spaghetti jar, like a glass spaghetti jar. This big, beautiful black widow. Uh, we named it after my ex-girlfriend. We named her, we named him Jolene, the spider. We named her Jolene after my ex-girlfriend. And uh, he found a brown widow at his work, which is a male, and brought it home and put it into the spaghetti jar, into the glass jar. And they mated, and then she ate him. Because that's what they do. That's why she's yeah, yeah, called yeah. a black widow. They mate and then she eats the male. So I don't know, a month later, we look into this glass jar and there's hundreds of little specks in this spaghetti jar. That makes me And at that point I was inside. like, dude, we cannot have this in our house. <laughs> you need to get rid of this. They're going so, to kill us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. Um, so <laughs> he, one day I came home and it was gone. And I was like, okay, so where did you put it? And he's like, don't worry about it. And he never told me where he put it. And that's, you know, that's Mason. He just... That's, that's the kind of guy he is. That He'll, takes that takes fucking with people to like a whole other not dimension. Tell you where? I, I would I would move I would have moved out that day. I'd be like, that's I can no longer sleep here. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. He oh just my God. He, loved, he loved to mess with people. Yeah. Are, are deadly uh, spiders common in Canada? There are black widows. Okay. Yeah. And you'll stumble think, upon them in the summer. Don't think I was aware of that. That's okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not a fan of that. Um, no. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I kind of got that impression because I did see, I, I just remember as the videos went on, he would be like such a like key figure in them. And then in later videos, he kind of appears like once in a while, like maybe in like a contest, like footage thing, you would just see like the odd clip yeah, yeah. of him. And I'm like, yeah. Watching the videos in chronological order is like kind of witnessing a breakup happen in <laughs> skate video terms. Cause I'm like, Oh, there he is. So the, the, he does still skate. Uh, part of me thought, Oh, why is he not in this video? Is he quit or whatever? But I was like, he still exists. He still yeah. skates. <laughs> they still cross paths. But something's happened here. I was like, they're not, they're not tight anymore. I was like, something's right. happened. Something right. has happened. Okay. Yeah. It was a, a number of things. Right. Yes. Yeah. But we did invite him out for those early mushroom blading videos. We wanted him to be a part of it. That's he, quite interesting because it's not like he, you weren't already doing that type of skating. I know. Anyway, like the videos, I know. the videos were already weird and unlike right. anything else. Right. I still don't get it because he was very weird on his skates, very creative. I thought he would be into that kind of concept. You know, he's been into doing weird things before. I mean, doing the ninja section in Cirque du Soleil. He was all over that. Um, so you, you just, you wanted to make it official. You wanted to put a label on the relationship. And he was like, don't tie me down. Don't put labels on me. I want to keep that this was casual. Part of it. Yeah. That was a part of it. He's like, he, he didn't want to skate weird all the time. Right. So I was like, okay. And he just wanted to go skate the big long ledge. So I, I think he does have a couple clips in mushroom blading. That's what that, Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, I'm, so I we got him seeing... out like once or twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Joey was obviously happy because he got his Todd all back to himself again. So he was like, exactly. <laughs> my plan <Yeah>. worked. <laughs> yeah, it all worked. <laughs> Create this mushroom blading thing. Get Mason uh... out of the picture. I'd, I'd love it if Joey was just sitting evil, like all at home on his computer, being like, ah, I broke them up. This is great. I've got myself <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <God. laughs> Mason was pretty like, particular. He was pretty particular about like the spots that we would go to. Like, there's this old park that me and Joey always skate. It's like this terrible old skate park in Kamloops. It's really terribly designed and it's really old, huge cracks everywhere, but we yeah. just love it. It's just a I don't know. It's it's fun because it's easy to be creative because there's nothing normal there. So everything you do is kind of weird and interesting. It has to be because it's such a terrible park. But I remember one time we, me and Joey and Mesa were out skating and me and Joey decided we were going to go to this park. And he was so mad that he sat in the corner the whole session with his back turned to us <laughs> while me and Joey skated this park. We actually got some really good footage that day, the whole time with Mason with his back turned because he was so displeased that we went to this park. You should have just kept, you should, you should have filmed him as well and just kept every, between so, every yeah. trick, just cut to him, just cut, cut to him, to like him. not watching you. Yeah, that would be great. 
that would be some, that's yeah. some timeless footage in itself. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you just go home if you didn't, if you didn't like it? Uh, uh, this well, is we not... had the car, so he oh, was right, okay. just a passenger. So right. he could have he walked his ass home. It would have been a long walk. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> or he could have just skated and had fun with us. This is true. That's yeah. another option. But he was he was taking a political stand, and sometimes you just you just didn't you respect. Do what's right, you yeah. just did not respect our decision to skate that park. He was protesting. He was. It was a protest. Yeah, it was a it was a one man. Didn't picket. work though. A one man. Didn't picket. work. Yeah, yeah. You don't know how strong minded we are. You're not going <laughs> to stop us. <laughs> um. Now that you've got like a legit legit like company essentially and you've like started releasing wheels under your own banner like do you have any like future plans for it like do you want to make it like a thing with i don't know sponsoring people or turning it into like a kind of traditional model of a company or like what are your what are your plans for it um our plans are loose we're gonna kind of see what happens with you know growing slowly eventually we would have we'll, Again, we would like to have every size of wheel available. And uh, yeah, I think eventually we would like to sponsor some people and help some people and you know bring some more people on board. But it, we're a little bit torn with that. Like we're moving slowly with that because the whole thing all along has been a unique approach. You know, we're not like a normal company. Yeah. in terms of like creating a company and like like um hiring people to market it um almost seems like a departure from what got us here what got us here was just a more natural approach of just friends skating and filming um but i'm sure eventually we'll want to like bring people on we'll definitely sponsor people but i'm not sh exactly sure what it'll look like i think we need some time to figure that out so we want it to be in a natural kind of way okay if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense we're figuring that out we're figuring it out but does does that make any sense to you yeah it does because i did wonder like i was like is this something they want to turn into a company in the traditional sense or are they just like it's like, you know, the classic example of if you can't find it yourself, you might as well create it. If you know what I mean? Like that's, that's why I did the print publication because I wasn't reading magazines that satisfied what I wanted to be reading. So I was like, I want to make things that I, I would want as a, right. as like a fan of it. So I thought, is that what they're just doing with the wheels? They're like, well, we're, you know, we love face wheels. We can't get face wheels anymore. Let's try and recreate face wheels with like the 58s or like, you know, yeah stuff like that so yeah and that is a part of it and you know it's funny i grew up being a huge fan of skate companies but then i also <laughs> my kids are saying i love you out the window hi guys <laughs> <laughs> i say i love you daddy um so i grew up as a as a fan of all these companies uh but then I, I started to see the downfall of them is like, they just, they came and they went. I, I hated how these things that you got really into just died. This is kind of fucked up. Um, and that's, 
so we're this really weird thing like we're a company but we're not a company in the traditional sense of like you know acquiring the best skaters and creating this like contrived boy band of people that like yeah. skate for this company and although i love that model i don't want to just like become that doesn't that it just seems artificial it would be off brand for you guys it would definitely it, it, like if you did oh this is the mushroom blading company and here's our riders and oh we've, yeah. got, a, we've got a team montage dropping in like you know 28 days everyone be like oh huh? okay yeah <laughs> i guess <laughs> yeah i mean maybe there's there's a, a way for that to to make sense we're figuring that out i do obviously i want to help people i want to support people um it just has to be in the right way it can't just be what you described. It can't just be like, okay, yeah. we got a team now and here's the team video. It's got to be almost like, I want it to be people that we're close with or like at least people that, yeah, it's got to feel like a family. I don't know. But then we're, at the same time, with that. yeah, there are great skaters that you guys are yeah. associated with that it would make sense to be a fit. Like, I don't know, like yeah. Danny or Stuart Brad. I can't stop talking about Stuart Bratty just because everything, yeah. anytime, any lit, he infuriates me because anytime he brings out a clip, I, like I end up even like his one minute street parts, I've watched them like fifty times. It's infuriate. I'm like, how long? How many times can you watch a one minute edit? It's ridiculous. He's incredible. Um, he is incredible. So and there's skaters like that or like Leon and stuff like that who yeah. you guys are obviously get like a strong relationship with. So I think if you guys did have riders in the traditional sense, it's not like you don't have a talent pool to kind of right. draw from. And I'm sure they would want to get involved because obviously you guys are all friends. So yeah, it's true. So, I think you got it figured out. I do. You do. That makes sense. I'm going to be the third guy on MB. I'm going to be the, yeah, <laughs> I'm be, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what I bring to the table other than, you can be obscure, the judge. Obscure thoughts. I'm the judge. Yeah. The MB blading court. I really hope that doesn't. Tom Wise is going to watch this and then I'm going to get rinsed in some kind of <laughs> video joke. I, I, I can already picture it now. I um, love the I love the dynamic of all of you uh you guys razzing each other. Oh god, if you think that's bad, you should see the private DMs we just sent. I, <laughs> the, there, there'll be some days where I'll just send them voice notes just shouting, just like just be yeah, we're we are it, it, we torture each other in, in private messages. It's great. So if people think Hilarious. we're being, if people think we're being cheeky to each other on the video back and forth, they, they haven't seen, they haven't seen, they've seen a tip of the iceberg. Um, I love Tom. He's yeah. It's, and it's not a competition because Tom is absolutely slaughtering me at this. So yeah, he's he, one of his videos had like, oh, it's got like 150,000 views or something. Wow. I'm like, yeah, there's, there's crazy. There's no battle. If there's a battle, I'm I'm dead and under the ground. So um, there's something to be said about. I, I think we focus so much on the view count, but uh, you know, would you rather? Um, and I'm not saying that this is the case with Tom. I love his videos, but just with high view counts in general, like, would you rather get a million views on something, or get like a couple thousand views on something that are it's like a lot more impact? than just some like clickbait thing obviously there's it's, there's a gray area but 
I don't know, I like to focus on impact as opposed to the, just the number of view counts. I think it's a question of what your motivations are, what you want to get out of it. And I think, yeah, like, Tom seems to me like a very creative person with a lot of ideas. And I think getting the view counts and getting like money coming in means that he can fund bigger ideas or like, you know, ideas that actually require, you know, revenue to make them happen as opposed to just keep dipping yeah. into your own personal funds to make something yeah. just for the sake of making it, which right. is what we've all been doing for years now. So in, in terms of that, but then I do also appreciate what you mean. It's like, is it better to leave things that are of value and have like, staying power that people can look back on in years and reference as opposed to something that just i don't know yeah a million people watch once and then never again um, yeah there's but, yeah there's there's benefit to even if you think about a thousand people in a theater like that's a lot of people and if they have this like really memorable experience you know, that could benefit you more in the future than something that's like a, a million views that people will forget. You might get a quick payday on the million views, but then that's it, you know. So, so I'm what you're not saying, saying is... that you shouldn't try to get views. I mean, views are great. But like for us, view counts haven't really been the reason for like our success. Like we don't get that many views. You know, I would disagree. Some of your some of your videos have racked up racked up some numbers. Like for us, like a high video, a high view count would be like thirty thousand. I mean, the one video I think I think our most watched video was of Dustin Latimer. It wasn't even of us. I think it's maybe a hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, but the the latest Mushroom Blading one did really well. Mushroom Blading Eight did did good numbers, didn't it? Had like, like tens of thousands, twenty thousand. Yeah, which is like that's a lot know, for a skate good, video. But it's not. I guess for a skate video, it's okay. <laughs> like Do Dom West put up sections from Vine Street, and it didn't even come close to that. And I was like, this video is like, like, why are people not appreciating this? I don't understand. Like he put up all the sections from Vine Street too, and just no, like the numbers were like weirdly low. It's, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like our friend Sean Unwin is like the biggest rollbiting youtube account um and his videos have like millions of views but that's because because he's just skating around yeah but and someone's talking to me where he came up the other day and it's because it it's there's nothing niche about any of the videos he do they literally appeal to everyone and a lot of them are instructional videos so basically anyone that goes online looking for like how to skate or how to stop or how to right. go backwards or they're going to find his stuff and once they realize that that's what he does well if you want to learn how to skate you're not just going to watch one video are you you're going to watch like like his other videos to see oh like the best you know the best gear to use or da -da 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 -da. so I feel, right. I feel I yeah, feel like his is like yeah his is like a like a stepping stone account where oh well I've learned this now so now that I know how to do this uh, oh there's a harder thing that he teaches me to do but I have to master this first and then you come back to it and because I've been watching as as soon as I realized he like um unpicks wizard moves and explains how they're done like I've I've watched the one about the gazelles about God knows him I still can't I'm still awful at them but. <laughs> he gives you a very detailed breakdown of it and i imagine anyone 
that's learning to skate or even just wants to get better at skating would watch certain videos of his just to it's his true. descriptions are really really in-depth and like offer yeah. a lot of clarity so and then even the videos that aren't instructional like you would be served those up because you've watched like a bunch of his other videos and he's a very good skater so it's like and you're, he's very you're, good, yeah. you're gonna and enjoy well watching produced, him skate good filming all of that who who were the two guys it might even have been sean Arman. there was two guys that used to skate all the time and i remember them as being like the earliest canadian youtubers and they used to basically just go out to them and just destroy like kink rails and like street spots yeah. all the time who was that in the winter was one of them called sean about. knight maybe sean yep. sean knight and dp daniel, that's it daniel his last name starts with a p Obviously, I remember them as being like deep. the earlier, the, some of the, like the earliest like YouTube bleeding yeah. content creators. What happened to those guys? Um, I think DP still skates. Okay. I haven't seen much from him. I haven't seen much from Sean. I've only met Sean like maybe a couple times. Sean Knight. Uh, DP I've hung out with quite a bit, not in recent years, but... He's really cool, really uh, good at skating. But they, I think they, the they were both like, really good. Yeah, yeah, really. And they would go out in winter, like yeah, the city covered in snow, and they would hit like huge drop rails and stuff. Yeah, so, for a while they were putting out some serious content. Yeah, they used to have like regular videos out. Just yeah, just the two, they just find spot and just take turns annihilating them. And I was like, yeah, oh my God, I want to search those up now. I'm curious if they're even still online. If, or... if they still exist, yeah. I can't even remember what they were called. Like if they had a, a channel or. A I'm name. sure it was like I'm sure it was like a day with or like one day with, and yeah, but. And they were heavy. They were yeah. good. Yeah, I remember those. Because they definitely did it before Brett Dasovich and Jeff Howard did like Wednesdays yeah. with Brett and Jet or whatever it was called Tuesdays with Brett and Jet. Yeah. Yeah. So... It may have even been called like Sundays or something i remember mm. them setting up like makeshift lawn tramps to like uh soccer goal posts and like grinding <laughs> the top of goal posts like heavy heavy stuff in in winter yeah <laughs> like whoa you guys are motivated i, I feel like that's kind of just that just kind of seems to like well obviously there's outliers in every scene but Canada, you've basically got Leon that just started his own skate shop out of like a car and then has developed yeah. it into a successful thing where there's like different shops, you know, in, in Canada and America. You get Rich Eisler, who went from being this exceptional, exceptional pro skater that was just largely slept on for the better part of like a decade, even though he could do like hurricane switching natural and everything. No one cared. Mm-hmm. And then he moved then he moved to Australia and like connected with Don West. And even then he still hadn't like tapped into his creative side. Then he was just this really good skater. Don West like brought him more notoriety. And then he went to Barcelona and just exploded and became who everyone knows today. But before he was just that weird, really good Canadian guy that. Yeah. (laughs) And then you've got you guys that have obviously started like the mushroom blading movement. You've got, yeah, there just seems to be like all these guys that like have this fiercely independent nature that's had quite a significant impact on blading as a whole. Like you mentioned Sean Unman as well, even Bill Stoppard. Like, yeah, that's not the kind of content I would watch. It's, it's not, but it's not, it's not made for me. Right. 
you know, just footage of him just skating from A to B is is for people that, you know, either are new to skating or don't skate, but just appreciate watching it. Like it's not it's and not it's, necessarily yeah, for someone hugely that's hugely popular with yeah. a wider audience. But you guys have got like a lot of that, a lot of just self-starters, like people have just struck out and done well with it. Like it's, it's worked. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting skaters in Canada. Yeah. Can I create, like, obviously it's a huge, it is weird. It is weird. It's it's obviously like a huge country, but like, it's still like there's, it's, it's definitely left its, its imprint on skating. Yeah. That, and, and and I'm not exactly sure why there's some theories and I think having like having that really harsh winter does help create mm-hmm. interesting personalities and like when you have a harsh winter you really appreciate skating just just being able to go skate so that yeah. breeds a certain gratitude that helps and then maybe hockey the popularity of hockey breeds really good skaters. Richie was a hockey player. Joey was a hockey player. I was not a hockey player, Um, but uh, many people in Canada, many of the good rollerbladers were hockey players. Sean Unwin, I think came from hockey. Um, The popularity of ice skating helps because you start young. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it is a kind of a freak thing that there's, so many interesting people that come out of Canada. Just you're just I a bunch of why. just a bunch of beautiful weirdos. That's yeah. That's just that's. I that's guess what's so. That's what's yeah, happening. Leon. Yeah, he immigrated here from Israel. I actually didn't know that until. What was he on? Was it maybe Jump Street? It wasn't. I'm sure it was. It was one of the podcasts that he was, or maybe it was. Maybe it was, it was either Jump Street or. Or the one you did with him. I didn't, I didn't, I just assumed he'd always, always lived in Canada. And then, yeah. oh, no, it must have been Jump Street because he was talking about being in Hoax 4. Yeah. Like some old like, video with like, uh, wait, Arlo what? was in Israel. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a clip in it and he talked about the whole thing. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Um, yeah. So even that more so, like, yeah, like immigrating to a different country and then just like setting up shop on your own. Yeah. It's wild. Really wild. Yeah, that's a crazy story. Yeah. Um, I've taken up an incredible amount of your time today. I've got one more. Oh, I don't. I've got two more questions. I just realized I've got the most important question. Pee so bad. Can I pee before? You can pee before we, take we, a pee break? We, we did the last two questions. And then I won't. Yeah. I'll be right back. It's time for another one. <laughs> Hi. Almost, almost done. <laughs> you're getting, you're getting that. Uh, oh, can you hear me? Oh, that's better. You're, you're getting that from your, your kids and my partners just went. You know what time it is? Are, are we going to bed soon? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I was like, it's only ten minutes. It's fine. Um, right. Most, most important question of the podcast. Who has the most luscious eyelashes in blading? Ooh. That's... Joey, Joey McGarry okay. or Jeremy Spira? Joey. Really? 100%. Yep. Yep. I'm telling you. For the longest time, I genuinely thought he wore mascara. He's got amazing eyelashes. Uh, yeah. 
I, I was like, maybe he's just maybe he's into like like the cure or something. Maybe like he's sort of like maybe he's just got like some kind of like thing going on. And then it was only I was like, oh no, that's just he's just got just rid- born with ridiculously the full eyelashes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's just blessed. Well, now that we've got that out of the way, what's <laughs> what's what's the future for you guys this year? What's looking like? Have you got any other products coming out that you can tell us about? Or obviously, I know you're always working on videos, but is there is there anything that you can tell me that you've got? coming up in the immediate future we we do have a new wheel dropping i'm not allowed to tell you what the size is um but it will be coming out uh soon in may it'll be in shops um and then we will be creating more wheels more wheel sizes um not sure if we'll get to every wheel size this year as we had set out that's a pretty crazy goal but hoping to get most of the sizes out and we are going to be filming a lot of product placements and uh and we're gonna be making mb 8.88 okay this year um and then i think we might start working on mb9 mb9 will be out next year um, and I might go, might go to some contests. We'll see. Right. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it, but again, I can't convince Joey to go with me. So I might just wait till he agrees to go with me, but we'll see. If you, but if you just keep waiting, it might never happen. Hey, that's life. Sometimes things don't happen. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, I'm excited. I'm going to Vancouver uh, at the end of April. Okay. And I'll be skating in Vancouver. That'll be fun. A little mini trip. You, you can taste joy that if, if you guys go to Blade Cup and you pop by the them store, John Julio is basically like Santa Claus. And from the guests that are on this podcast, he just seems to be handing out free skates to everyone. So you could tell him that if, if, he, if he goes to them skate store, he might come up on some free gear. I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's that would be worth the trip right there. I would agree. Yeah, just seeing John. Seeing John yeah. Julio. Yeah. Like, remember that time I made you cry? <laughs> <laughs> that was, exactly. that was, that, that podcast. Oh my God. Even I remember like that had a profound effect on me, like listening to that. It was, yeah. That you, was pretty amazing. You could tell Hearing just, story. yeah. Just how much it meant to him. It was, yeah, it was, it was really inspiring to listen to. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That was an amazing moment. Um, which you guys have had a lot of over the years. Right. It's incredibly late here. You're missing out on an afternoon with your family. I've taken up enough of your time. Thank hey, you. this was great. Very much yeah. for agreeing to this. Yep. I've had an awesome time talking to you. It was great. I'm glad we finally got to do it, even though you cheated me on me. This was awesome. And um, even though you're you're playing me and Jan at the same time, just like an absolute <laughs> Lothario. Um, <laughs> Gotta do them all. Are there any left to actually do? I gotta do wax toaster. They're not doing them anymore. Let's do it. They're not Um, doing them anymore. Taylor Taylor said that he just doing them just kind of. He said it made him enjoy blading less, so he was just like, no, he he just decided to give it a rest. (laughs) 
I was like, wow, okay. It takes a lot of energy doing so, podcasts. Plus, it does take a lot. It takes a lot of passion. You got to really love it. Um, plus, he's busy like making videos for like rollerblade and stuff like that as well. So I imagine he's just being kept busy with See? other he's other projects. Making that mistake. He's getting all sponsored and shit. Don't do it. <laughs> um working for the working for the man, the man and bleeding. For the man. Um yeah. So thanks for taking the time to do it. And yeah, yeah enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. Hopefully speak soon. Yeah, for you sure, could, man. You could be the first person we have on twice. Hey, I'm down. Let's do it. Right. Release three more videos and then then I'll get you back on. Done. Post MB10. After MB10, we'll do it again. That's we'll a do deal. The media tour. Okay. <laughs> right. Speak soon. See ya. Bye.